And today we've got a really exciting episode. We've got two tournaments to recap, plus the great, great Labor Cup. I know I was trashing on it a little bit last episode, but I'll tell you about what I thought, um, which was very good, by the way. I'll let you guys know what I thought about that, give some analysis of the Labor Cup. And then after that, we're going to move straight into the first two tournaments in the Asian swing. We got the tournament. Tournament Chengdu, um, a 250. We're going to preview that one. And we got Zuhai later on. We're going to talk about that one a little bit. So we got a pretty pretty line, pretty good lined up episode here. And uh, yeah, let's get straight into it. So in St. Petersburg, Medvedev was a beast. You know, there's no getting around that, guys. We, you know, we, we saw it over this summer that he was final after final after final after final. And he pretty much came in St. Petersburg and did the same exact thing. Didn't drop a single set. Didn't even go to a single tiebreak in this in this tournament. And it's not like he faced you know bad opponents. He took down Rublev in the third round, and in the final he took down Shorich. So like those are two very formidable opponents. And you know Medvedev showing that again he's just he's got that level of consistency that none of these other like next gen guys or none of the you know, other guys around his tier have not even, um, ba- or barely even team. You know, Medvedev can win tournament after tournament after tournament, and that just shows. You know, his his resolve and and his level that he's playing at on tour right now. It is absolutely insane. And you look at the rest of this tournament. It was actually, you know, a pretty interesting tournament here in the states. They didn't show it at all on Tennis Channel, which you know they chose to show the sleeper of the Mets tournament. Which is beyond me. I guess, you know, it comes down to rights and whatnot, but that tournament still kind of sucked compared to this one. Um, but in this tournament, you saw Casper Rude make a little little run on the hardcore, winning a couple matches, which I don't think many people expected. And then, like I said in the last episode, you had uh, Sousa <clears throat> over Karen Hatchinov. And Hatchinov, you know, he, he was like, he said nothing fucking worked in Russian. That's what he said. Um, which was kind of funny when the reporter asked him, like, what was your game plan out there today? Um, and Sousa took him down. And Sousa, you know, he's not known to be a big, you know, a big hardcore guy and ended up making it straight through to the uh, semifinals here in St. Petersburg. So not going to spend too much time on the tournament, but <clears throat> overall, I think it was a, you know, pretty entertaining tournament to watch. And Medvedev, you know, he's a beast. Nobody matches his consistency, and he claimed Russian royalty. So moving on from the St. Petersburg Open, we transition into Mets, and this tournament in general was, like I said earlier, wasn't you know the most exciting of tournaments. You had Joe Wilford Sanga ended up taking this thing home in three sets, as I predicted it wrong. I said pair um, against another Frenchman. I or I might have said uh, Sanga, but. You, you kind of always knew that a Frenchman was going to win this tournament. I didn't see Benet uh, really show any conviction or anything like that to re- take home this title. 
And I'm sure Sanga, you know, he's happy to win this in front of his home crowd in France. And you had, you know, three out of the four quarter final or semifinalists were, were French. Benoit Pair, Luca Puy, and Sanga. And then you obviously had Benet. Benet making a decent run. This is, I think, what it might have been his first career final. Um, so I don't know if that's true, but hats off to him if it was. I, you know, he hasn't really been. Yeah, I guess he hasn't really been in the best of form, so it's good to see him um, make it a, making a run into the finals. And I think uh, that's pretty much all that needs to be talked about in this tournament. Um, again, one of the tournaments that's the most eh on tour. You know, there's not really a whole lot to it. Um, but good for Songa to win in front of his home crowd. And, yeah, let's move straight into this Labor Cup, which I think needs to be, you know, the big focus of discussion for this episode. And, you know, I've got, I've got a couple thoughts on it. Um, in general, I honestly think that it was one of my favorite, favorite tournaments to watch, to follow. Um, I don't know. I just, I really, really enjoyed it. It's so cool to see, like, Federer and Nadal coaching, you know, all these different players. Or cool to see Federer coaching Nadal, Nadal coaching Federer, and vice versa which is something that you just don't see on tour. And, you know, I really, really loved it. Um, I don't really know, like, what what the answer is in terms of team tennis. I know you have, like, Noah Rubin tweeting out that it's not going to go away. And everybody's talking, like, they're so high on team tennis where, let me just put this out there. I think world team tennis sucks. I hate it. I think it's so bad. It's completely irrelevant. And I don't think it comes anywhere to, in terms of matching a level of the, Labor, of the Labor Cup. The Labor Cup is a very interesting, you know, tournament um, or round robin, whatever you want to call it, uh, team wise, because you have, you know, the, the top guys and the top levels. Um, and you look at world team tennis and there's the top people who just aren't playing in world team tennis. Let's face it. Um, the colored, you know, the colored courts are kind of gimmicky. All the names are kind of gimmicky. Um, it just it just isn't really a good a good c- competition at all, I think. And the Labor Cup, you know, it, I really really enjoy that as a team aspect of tennis. I you know I, I really like their very very good matches. I think so so many of the matches went to that third set super breaker, which I think is a good idea. You know, you can't have the players playing three sets. Um, Risking injury, you know, I want the matches a tad bit shorter, which I like. Um, I think Team World came a lot closer than everybody thought. And like I said, I thought it too. I thought Team Europe was going to absolutely tr- train wreck the uh, this Team World team. And, you know, Team World really, really showed up. You had Jack Sock, you know, who I spoke out against so heavily, played my guy, Fonini. And Sock took him down, you know, in pretty, pretty slight, slight work. And, you know, you can't, can't ask much of Fabio Fognini as that was his only match he played, um, which I was a little bit disappointed to see as well. You know, I love Fabio. I love seeing him out there. And it was really cool to see, um, you know, as a Fabio Fognini fan, just seeing him interact with Federer and Nadal. It's, it's funny to, it's just funny to see how these guys are actually friends, um, off the court and it's cool to see like their passion for for each other when they're not playing you know when you have 
I guess when you have team out there, you and he hits a big winner, he's big fist pumps, and then you see you look over and better and Nadal and Zverev that you know they're all like cheering him on, and if he misses, they're all upset. You know that's the good part about team tennis, and it's cool to see you know the the top guys' emotions. But I think you can't really extend team tennis much beyond some of these top guys because the level of I don't know. It's just the level of interest goes down because you don't get all the sideline, like headlines, all the sideline, like cool interactions as you would get when you're playing with these top guys. You know, you see Federer and Nadal doing it compared to, you know, seeing, I don't know, compared to seeing like a song and uh, like, I don't know, Mirmor Kosnanovich, for example. Like those guys, like they just don't really attract as much. I don't know, like attention, and I don't really, I don't really know, you know, what the answer is for team tennis. Uh, I'm trying, I've been trying to think about it for a while, but I don't know. I really enjoyed the Labor Cup. I am pumped that it's coming to Boston next year. Um, I'm so pumped. Uh, as you guys know, I'm down in Florida, so I'm gonna try and um, go to the tournament and like, or go to the Labor Cup in Boston next year. Uh, you know, because I want to see how the top guys play. I think that's a, you know, once in a, maybe not once in a lifetime, but obviously it's something I'd, I'd like to take advantage of. So I'm going to try and head up there for next year. We'll see if I'm going to be able to. Um, but yeah, one more thing with the Labor Cup, uh, Jack Sock. I I hated on him. I said he beat Fonini in singles, and then he went 2-1 and one in doubles. He was really the key to this uh I guess the team world success, you need to have one guy. It looks like that's really, really good at doubles. So you can lock down the doubles matches and you know, then, then I guess you could see how far you get in singles, but, um, Jack sock, you know, hats off, hats off to you played well. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate on you when you, when you're playing well. So, you know, good, good call for team world to pick Jack sock. It almost ended up winning in the title. And like I said, it's one of my, it was one of my favorite events of the year to follow. I don't know what the end goal is for Team Tennis, but I think the Labor Cup should keep doing what they're doing. And I know, you know, maybe some people are thinking about throwing points involved. I think it's tough to throw points involved when, you know, Team World is, like, invite-only, when the event is invite-only, when it's not based on ranking. Because you had players like Schwartzman and Pella and... Um, I don't know, like Felix, those guys are all, if you look at the top world players, the top six world players, you know, those are some of the guys that would all be in there over like a Jordan Thompson, over a Milos Raonic. Um, so I do think maybe that could change a little bit if they wanted to add points involved, just take the top guys. Um, and then if they don't want to play, they can decline it and they'll just move on to the next people. Um, I think that's a way to add the points into the Labor Cup. However, I don't really see that happening. I think they like the exhibition format, and I think they like um, being able to invite the players just so, I don't know, just so Federer and Nadal like to, you know, they like to be around the guys um, who they pick. So, yeah, all in all, Labor Cup, you know, super, super great uh, event. I'm glad. I'm glad I was able to watch it as much as I could. And I think um, if you weren't able to watch it, you know, next year in Boston, you really, I think you should really tune in because it really is one of the favorite, um, or one of my favorite, I guess, events to watch on tour the whole year. So now uh, we're going to preview this Chengdu uh, 250. Um, 
interesting, you know, that you've got four players in John Isner, uh, Dennis Shapovalov, Taylor Fritz, or five players, uh, and or no, four, sorry, <laughs> um, and Jordan Thompson. Those are all guys playing in the Labor Cup, and they pretty much, they all had a private plane over to Chengdu, that's my guess, um, private plane over to Chengdu, where, you know, they're going to be, the time difference is going to be a lot bigger, and they're going to be playing off the back of, you know, not a, not a whole lot of rest, um, especially because I believe they're playing, they would be playing tonight or in the, for Eastern time. So we'll see how, how the Labor Cup players do. That's one thing I'm, I'm very curious to see in both these Chengdu and Zuhai tournaments is the players that are, you know, traveling from the Labor Cup um, to, to these flights in, in, the, in the, uh, the Asian swing. You know, how are they going to adjust the time so quickly? I guess maybe they do it more often than I think. Um, but we'll see. You know, I think it, I think that'll be an interesting dynamic to follow. Uh, in this Chengdu tournament, uh, you have a pretty pretty stacked lineup. Um, Isner, the one seed. You got um, Felix as the two seed. And there's a ton of other, ton of other you know, contenders in, in this tournament. And so you look... You look up and down the field, and in terms of uh, a winner, you know I think it's I think it's going to be tough to tough to call, um, especially with this tournament itself. One interesting thing to note is you kind of have a lot of the United States guys playing in um, Chengdu, and it seems like the Zuhai tournament, you know, not a lot of it's not as popular among the Americans. Um, I don't know why the reason that is. If any of you guys know why, let me know. But I'm interested to see uh, Grigor Dimitrov. Hopefully he can make a little run. We'll see if he can, you know, back up his form, see if he really is that good as he showed in the U.S. Open. Because, you know, I, I'm a Dimitrov fan. I think many people out there are, but I think we all have our doubts. And especially with Dan Evans in the second round, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be up to it. He's going to have to be playing well to beat be Dan Evans. So we'll see how that goes. Um, another interesting matchup. We got Bublik versus Fritz. I talked about Bublik before. He he showed a little bit of lack of uh, focus, lack of you know, lack of caring, and that's what he always is going to show. But we'll see if he can uh, get away with that against Fritz, who is coming off a win against Dominic Team, which is huge for him. And you know, we'll see what it, what that does for his confidence. Also, he's coming back off the flight change, so we'll see. Um, and so, yeah, in general, this tournament, I'm looking forward to it. Unfortunately, uh, this tournament is like a pretty impossible time slot for me to watch. It's from 1 a.m. until uh, 6 a.m. pretty much. That's when all the matches are played. So I'm going to try and catch as many matches as I can. I'm not going to promise uh, to, to be, to, you know, to watch any of them, but... You know, I'm still looking forward to the tournament because there's great players playing in it, and um, yeah, I'm just just looking forward to to following the tournament, and that transitions us transitions us straight into uh, the last tournament we're gonna be talking about today in Zuhai, and you look at this field and it is actually a lot better than the Chengdu field. You have Citi Pass as the one seed, Agu as the two seed, Mofi is the three, and Chorich is the four. Um. So you look at those top four seeds for a 250. I don't really think you can ask for a whole lot better than that. Um, again, you're going to have these players, CC Boss, Batista Agu, Kyrgios. Um, they're all flying over. 
on, I would assume, a private plane. And I would assume together, you know, because you have Tsitsipas and Kyrgios. They've they've done it before. Um, Agu, I would assume, would just hop in there right with them. And so the dynamic on that plane could be interesting. You know, I have Kyrgios and Tsitsipas, who seems like they're they're trying to become a trying to become friends but then you have a goo who i would seem like wouldn't really fit in with those guys so um it'll be interesting to see if there's any stories that that develop out of that um but with that being said you know you look at the rest of this field and it is like i said it's it's pretty it's pretty stacked you have some intense first round matches um you have even andy murray coming back and playing in uh, on his protected ranking in zoo high um, he's taking on Tennis Sandgren, which is actually kind of funny because if you recall in Winston Salem, uh, Andy Murray was I believe it was a wild card in Winston Salem, and he took um, he took down or he took on Tennis Sandgren in the first round, who he actually lost to in the first round. But that's besides the point. Um, so yeah, you look at this tournament, and I you know I I think Tsitsipas is probably going to take this thing home. Um, you know, I think I think he's probably the best player in the tournament and he hasn't really played, you know, he last time he played was the US Open and I guess he, he played in the Labor Cup obviously. Um but I think he's gonna be able to take this take this thing home and, you know, win, win this win this title. Um RBA wouldn't be a bad shout as well, however I don't think he's gonna do it. Um so I think CC Poss is pretty much going to going to go through and, and take this tournament. One last matchup I'd like to highlight would be Casper uh, Ruud versus Miramor Kuzmenovic. You got a little next-gen battle there. We'll see how that goes on. Um, I would ex- expect Miramor to win, but, you know, Ruud just came off a couple good wins in St. Petersburg on the hard courts, so we'll see how that goes. But I predict Tsitsipas to win this Zuhai tournament. Again, this tournament's going to be a little bit better for me to watch. Um since the last match on center court starts at 7:30 in the morning here so i will be up you know i will be up watching the watching that last match uh so i'm excited i'm excited about that you know that's why i prefer this zuhai tournament a little bit to the chengdu um and especially because there's a better field i'm going to try and watch this andy murray match coming up so um yeah that pretty much i pretty much ends the episode here i don't really have too much more to talk about um you know, I, I, we recapped Zuhai or previewed Zuhai, previewed Chengdu, um, talk, gave you guys my thoughts about the Labor Cup and recapped those 250s from last week. So let me know what you guys think. I want to hear your opinions about the Labor Cup. Um, remember, tweet at me at Morning Bagel Pod or at uh, Stuart, um, who's not here, at Stu Jazz on Twitter. Uh, again, like he's, I'm trying to get him on an episode. He's just been pretty busy. So, um, Hopefully we can get that done sooner rather than later and get that sorted so we can be on multiple episodes. Um, so yeah, that's that that's it. Let me know what you guys thought again and enjoy the morning bagel.